one thing I've learned after all these years, you're gonna save yourself a whole lot of tears. Don't try to figure out who was wrong and who was right. Got them moving along, baby. Punches. Hi, everybody. Your old friend Mike Houlihan. Welcome back to Hibernian Radio. Happy New Year, everybody. 2023 is, is the first weekend in January, and uh, I gotta tell you, I'm out of gas. The holidays really hit me hard. And I'm working on a new format for the show. We're still gonna have our dedication to Irish cops, firefighters, and paramedics, and nurses because we feel they are the modern day equivalent of our ancient mythological Irish warriors. But we have a different, we're going to go to the vault for a while. We have over 200 great interviews with cops, firefighters, paramedics, and nurses. And we're going to be putting them on our website as well. We're looking at building a digital platform for Hibernian Media for 2023. Lots of cool stuff happening. so I just want to warn you, we're not going to be at the uh, pub every week. Some weeks we'll be there. We have plenty of notice when we are. But uh, we're going to jump into the vault, uh, and, and we have a great interview tonight with Kevin Duff, and I'll get to that in a minute. But one of the other things I'd like to do is play some more music, and uh, we're planning another trip to Ireland in October. Last year's trip was just sensational with the... Uh, the darling girl from Claire, Emer Arkins, with us. And she was just delightful. And uh, so we're hoping to start working on that now because we'll be in October where we're going to go and everything. And we're hoping that you guys, our audience for the radio show, can join us, uh, as many of you do. Uh, the Haggerty family is there every year, and they're great fun to be with. But we'd like to expand our horizons and get as many people to Ireland as we can before they die. Because it is a preview of heaven. So with that in mind, and I've shot several films in Ireland. Uh, and the last one we did was In Search of Weeping Jim about uh, the late Alderman James Ambrose Kearns, who was the father of the Chicago flag. And he was born in Inishkotl, Kilmina, County Mayo. We shot a lot of footage out there. It's so gorgeous. And one of the songs uh, we chose was uh, by the... Uh, Gaelic Storm, one of my favorite groups. It's called Faithful Land. Give that a listen and imagine yourself in Ireland with Hooli and Emer in October 
skies above A falling leaf That rock that sits beneath these eyes All the things I love When I'm far away Just a feeling I can't touch Something I can't see Lives inside of me It's in my bones, it's in my blood Don't know what it is, I know it's good Beneath my feet there's faithful the great Gaelic Storm. Our old friend Katie Grenny used to play with them. Uh, but uh, they have a new fiddler now, and she's just as lovely. Uh, yeah, now we're going to go to the vault. 
Our old friend, Commander Kevin B. Duffin, visited with us when the show first started back in uh, December of 2019. Kevin is a terrific guy, and he, and he has supported the show ever since. And he tells some terrific stories that I think you will enjoy, especially you uh, uh, retired police officers out there. He He's a wealth of information and uh, love going to the vault with Kevin Duffin, Commander Kevin Duffin. He's got a great story here at the end. Uh, see if you can figure out, if you get, you got to listen to the end, what the going rate for a hitman to bump off your wife is. <laughs> um, and he tells us. So anyway, uh, here he is, Kevin Duffin from December of 2019 on Hibernian Radio. And tonight we have retired commander... Kevin Duffin. Kevin, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here, pal. Thanks for having me, Michael. How many years were you in? 28, 30? Uh, I retired with 35 years, 8 months, and 10 days. Wow. <laughs> you got it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that commander, though. That's such a cool title. Now, you had, like, you're like the head of all the detectives, right? Uh, I was the head of the all the detectives assigned to Area North Detective Division. That was wow. approximately 300 detectives. Holy yeah. cow. And, and uh, interesting, folks, uh, we just had a little incident on the Lower Wacker here a few minutes ago. And, uh, Kevin assisted me. There was a guy out cold on the street, and there were a couple of guys hovering a little too close to him. It looked like they were going to rip him off or something. He went right into his act. It was terrific watching him uh, work at the whole situation. Now, so you were born in Ireland or you grew up in Ireland? What's the deal I, I was born here, uh, taken back there as a young child and spent the next, uh, well, until I, I moved back here when I was 10 years old. And, you're, and how old were you when you went back there the first time? Uh, two. Your dad was from County Antrim and your mom from Mayo, right? Dad was from Toombridge, County Antrim, and my mom was from just out a little town right outside of Claire Morris called Irish Town. Mayo. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and so then you came back when you were 10. Uh, what was that like? Did all the kids say, who's the Mick? You know, oh, it was culture shock. Yeah. yeah. We you probably had picked up a brogue and everything, right? I had. Yeah. Um, my father came out here uh, probably nine or 10 months before we came yeah. so he could get a job, right. line up a place for us to live and everything. So um, he, you know, calls or <laughs> telegraphs back to that we're all set i got a place for us and in 1968 we were the only caucasians moving into the inglewood neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> that's where he found you yes that's where he found 55th and damon yes. what year was this that was 1968 <clears throat> wow i would i went to mount carmel i was right there got out of there in 67 it was pretty bad yes it was Oh, so, he was wondering why the rent was so cheap, probably. <laughs> and we moved here in the middle of a school year, so I ended up going to the public schools. What so public schools? Henderson uh, uh, Grammar School at 57th and Walcott. Wow. And You're the only white kid there? Real, real quickly, because everyone used to walk up to me and say, you talk funny. Yeah, because you had a brogue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got rid of that brogue as quick as I could. <laughs> oh, that's great. And, and then where'd you wind up going to high school? Uh... Well, I started out at Hubbard, and I ended up graduating from Curie, because they had just opened Curie at the time, Okay, and they were looking for volunteers, and I was like, I wasn't an idiot. I was like a brand new school, and yeah. why not go there? So. Hot. Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, 
I, well, there were six of us originally. There's only three of us left. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, my brother, Pat, who was my best friend in the world, uh, he succumbed to bone cancer in 92. Oh, wow. Uh, God bless him. Yeah. yeah j- diagnosed in July and died Christmas Eve of that year. Wow. Um, yeah, I've lost three of my brothers. I had, there were six boys in my family, and three, we're down to like three of us now. Yeah. yeah. Sucks. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, now, where are you? F- where do you fit in? And are you the youngest in the middle? Where are you? I am <laughs> currently the. Well, I guess all along I was in the middle. Yeah. I okay. Had, there were three older siblings, and of the three that are still surviving, I'm the middle again. Anybody else going to law enforcement? No, no, no. Okay. no. It was kind of an accident that I went into law enforcement. Why was it an accident? I was. I was. I was in college. I was at Loyola. I was dating. Okay dating a girl and my my ultimate plan had been finish up my degree and go to law school and um the girl i was dating at the time her father was a chicago police officer ah. so he said he suggests well take the exam and you know if you get on the police department they'll pay your way through law school yeah and so i did <laughs> got on the job and I eventually went to law school. It was 15 years later. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh. um, once I got on, I was having so much fun. I just said, I'm not going to quit this job now. It's too much fun. You know what? That's what everybody, all the cops who come through here say that. They had so much fun. Uh, and it was just, and, and what they mentioned was the camaraderie of the other cops and salt of the earth. We've had several female cops on, and they say the same thing. Oh. Just, you know. It was a trip every day, laughing every day. It's yeah, it's a, you develop a bond like no other. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends from college and high school that I still associate with or yeah. talk to, but none that I, I feel as close to as, as the officers I've worked with over the years. Sure. And when did you become a detective? Well, when I first came on, believe it or not, I mean... No one can believe that I ever made commander. I still can't believe I ever made <laughs> commander. Because, I mean, I came you on the so job. You young. Look at you. I, I knew nothing about police work. I knew, I knew nothing. And I, I came on the job completely naive as to how everything worked. And I, I was signed to Inglewood. Wow. Uh, I spent my first 15 years there. And um, then in uh, 96, I got promoted to sergeant. Um, and I got kind of drafted right after that well i went back to inglewood my commander brought me back i was like thanks a lot buddy <laughs> so i went back to inglewood i was a tax sergeant for a couple of years and then i got drafted to run a uh, uh by the area one deputy chief at the time ron jablon um there was uh, a spike in in hispanic gang murders in in the ninth district so he wanted me to put together a team to address that um so I got to handpick my 10 people, and over the course of the next two years, we, we yeah, did Out it. of the whole Chicago Police Department, you got to pick? Out of all, all of Area 1. Oh, so, wow, okay. Uh, out of the 7th, 8th, 9th, uh, 21st, and 2nd District. Oh. So I took two from each district, um, and over the course of the next two years, we, just, we did such a fantastic job. Afterwards, he says, what can I do to reward you? And I said, I've always wanted to work in the detective division. Yeah. So I got sent to the detective division as a sergeant. Wow. Yeah. And pretty much stayed there for the rest of my career, save for a, uh, a one-year stint I did uh, when I first made commander. They sent me back to patrol for a year. Um, it's routine that you... Yeah. So I was the commander of the 20th district on the north side, which 
I didn't even know where the 20th district was. The day I got promoted, Gary McCarthy called me into his office and said, uh, 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 effective Sunday night at midnight, I'm promoting you to commander. You're going to be the commander of the 20th district. He said, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, where the hell is the 20th <laughs> district? <laughs> I said, is that the one that borders El, uh, um, El, or not, um, Evanston? Evanston. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't know because he wasn't oh, yeah, familiar sure. with He's Chicago. York, yeah. So he looked to Al Weisinger, his first deputy, and he says, I don't know. And Al says, no, no, it's the one that borders the one that borders Evanston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was quite a dr- It was a two-hour commute both ways when the weather was oh, good. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 Well, the commander is a, such a great title. Uh, will you also watch commander? Or, I mean, how does that work? Uh, um. Well, yeah, when you're, uh, when you're a lieutenant or a captain, then you're a watch commander. Okay. So I was a watch commander for uh, in various districts for a while when okay. I first made lieutenant. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, believe me, Mike, I never believed. I, the day I made sergeant, I thought I had reached my pinnacle. I said, yeah. well, this is it. I'll never go any higher. And, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to describe, but... A lot of it is luck. I mean, you're at the right place at the right time. You impress somebody. Um, Gary McCarthy, when he promoted me, he told me I, we had had several heater cases in Area One Detective Division. Explain I was, what a heater case is again. Well, you know, high publicity right. uh, um, draws a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the media is all media, over it. Yeah. Um, particularly when I, I was the homicide lieutenant in Area One when Hydea Pendleton got killed. And, oh uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was, was the kid in the playground, the girl. Yeah, right? she who, got shot. Yeah, who Michelle Obama came to her funeral. I mean, oh, the, wow. the heat was on that one. Yeah, and uh, that I mean, that was a tough case. We worked we worked that hard for uh, three weeks before we we put it down. And uh, McCarthy was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I, and you know what? It was. I hate to say that. I mean, that I benefited from that, but he, yeah. he was impressed by the way I ran the investigation. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And what other heater cases did you have? Oh, <laughs> dozens and dozens. I mean, right right before I retired, probably uh, the last heater one I had was uh, we had in Garfield Park Lagoon about two years ago. We had the little kid that was cut up and oh yeah, uh, they found the we pieces found of his body. Well, yeah, we found the arms, the legs, the head, but we never found the torso. We never wow. did find the torso on that one. Um, We've made multiple efforts, but uh, he's he's no longer uh, the, the offender who's charged now is no longer uh, willing to cooperate. So, yeah. um, you know, I was reading up on you today, and you there was a quote you said. Um, this was back when you said, "I've been a policeman for 28 years, and it's we see things that you're not supposed to see. We see you know, and they affect you." Uh, interestingly enough, my sons have a friend who was a uh, police officer, a female police officer in uh, Oak Park, just a little bit older than them, and she had gotten into really the horror. The, she she began a, becoming a counselor for little kids who've seen their her- parents murdered and stuff like that. And she eventually had real mental health issues, and she killed herself just two weeks ago. She hung herself, uh, and it was horrible. To think it was because things that she had seen, it somehow got in her head, and you know, um, can you address that? What's the deal? It's just I, horrible. It's, yeah, you know, as much as I loved the job, um, and I had fun 
every day of my life until the day I retired. <laughs> but when you deal with, with the monsters that we deal with sometimes and, and you see the things that we see, um, I mean, it kind of turns you into a monster. It takes yeah. away some of your, your humanity and your innocence. You, you, there's, there's no way you can see what you see every single day. Not um, be changed. And, and not be changed, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, like, guys, pat patrolmen who work in districts, uh, I mean, if you're in a slow district, you might see two, three things a year that really impact you. Yeah. Um, if, if you're in a busy district, like Inglewood or, or uh, Harrison, uh, you might see two, three things a month that are going to impact yeah. you. And then when you're in the detective division, especially in violent crimes, you're seeing two, three things a week that are, are abhorrent to you. I mean, yeah. little kids that are tortured and abused and oh neglected and yeah. beaten and, and the most heinous murders you'd ever want to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way you can do this job and retire right. and not have been affected by it. Yeah. Now, how many kids do you have? Um, well, I have one son from my first marriage. Okay. And then um, two children from... They're actually my stepchildren from my wife's, my wife's child, children okay. from her first marriage. And in your picture we had, you had your little granddaughter. That's my own. granddaughter. That's ah, Luc what's her name? Lucille Rose. Um, She's just gorgeous. She was, How old is she? Like three? Oh, no, no. She was, um, she was born the 15th of January last year. So she, oh. she just turned uh, okay. 15 months. Yeah. Okay. Um, she lives with us, so she. Oh, does she? That's oh, great. Oh yeah, I got her twenty-four hours a day. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Yeah, she she loves her papa. Yeah, but she's got you wrapped around her finger. I'm when sure. I was leaving the house to come here today, she was at the front door crying. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's her name? Lucille Rose. Lucille Rose. Well, that's great that you have her living with you guys. You know, to keep you young. Yeah. Oh yeah, she keeps me young. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> And what are you doing? Are you, are you basically a grandpa for your retirement? Is that what you're doing or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Lucille, when Lucille came around, it was, uh, it was a, another contributing factor. I mean, yeah. I, I, I had always planned on staying until they pried me out the door at 63. I mean, it's mandatory yeah. retirement at 63. But then, uh, you know, politics be what they are. And then uh, I knew Lucille was coming, and I just said, you know what, it's time to go. So I yeah. left and... She was literally born um, like three weeks before I actually put my papers in, and uh -huh. uh, I've been with her ever since. Um, I mean, I'm, I'd, I'd like to maybe do a part-time gig after this when fall comes around. I got some projects to do around the house, but once I get them done, I'm yeah. thinking maybe going back to work a little part-time. What, stuff. like security or consulting yeah, yeah. or stuff like that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I actually, I've had uh, I've had a couple of uh, attorneys who used to work for the Corp Council contact me. Um, they're now in private practice, and they're like, uh, you know, you ought to consider being an expert witness because oh, yeah. you've testified in hundreds of these police shooting trials yeah. and these murder trials. And, and from what I gather, that pays fairly well. Well, that's good. <laughs> so I, I may get into that. I don't what know. about investigations? Is there a, a, a line for that? Or? Yeah, you know, I, I've looked into that. But like most of these private investigators, it's... It's like divorce stuff, yeah. insurance. And oh, you're, yeah. you're just sitting in a car down the block photographing some guy as he's yeah. leaving his girlfriend's house. <laughs> it's not, not exactly my cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, that's great. Um, so you, when did you, it's just about a year ago that you retired, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, February of last year. 
How how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, You're I'm 61. Okay, because he's a young-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You've survived pretty good there. Unbelievable. Um, it's good genes. It's, it's my mother's genes. Uh, yeah. Now, do you ever get back to Ireland? Uh, the last time I was back was, this is a funny story. Well, it's not a funny story. Tell us. 1996, um, I had just gone on furlough, and... My mother's, my maternal grandmother. What is furlough? Explain that. Oh, vacation. Okay. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. the police terminology right. for vacation. Right. Um, my mother's grandma, my mother's mother, my maternal grandmother, uh, who was still alive, and she was, I want to say, ninety nine. Wow. <laughs> um, so my mom was back there, and my mom calls me, and she's panicking, and she's like, you know, mom's not good. She's not going to make it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And she was. And my ma, who is the strongest person I've ever met in my life, has, you know, put up with so much and, and had so much happen to her. She, was, she sounded like a little kid crying on the phone. Yeah. So, well, that's her mother. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was like, and she, and she was there by herself. I mean, yeah. there was nobody else there. So I, I said, so I went over to Gaffney Travel on 111th Street. Yeah. And I gave him my credit card. I said, I don't care what it takes. Get me to Ireland in the next 24 hours. Wow. They raped me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, <I'm just laughs> that was a commercial for Gaffney Travel. <laughs> I don't think they're in business anymore. Okay. So, so I get to Ireland, and, and when I get to, I, I land in Shannon. And I rent a car and I drive to Mayo. And by the time I got there, my um, my gram had already passed. Yeah. So, I meet one of my cousins who uh, I had never met before because <laughs> he wasn't alive when I left Ireland. Yeah. And he says, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Now you can help with the funeral arrangements. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then we went out to the shed, and he handed me a shovel. And then we went down to the local cemetery. We Are you to, kidding me? We had to dig the grave. Oh, I swear to God. Oh, wow. And I was like. <laughs> Are they in the, they were in the country? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, Irish town, it's, it's, Rural. A it's a church, a bar, and about five oh. residences. I mean, yeah. that's that small. So and there's a little plot of land that's been there since the 1600s, and everybody who dies in the in the town is buried there. Sure, in there. So yeah. we had to go, and it was. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? And he's like, nope. So that's what we did, and and then the funeral is the next day in and the home. She's right. in a pine box. Yeah, and there's no embalming or no, anything like that. And they just pick her up and bring her down, and wow. And then everyone goes to the pub. So and how what, was your mom? How did she take all this? Yeah. Ma took it tough, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she loved her mom and sure. hadn't seen her in so many years because she had been out here so long. Yeah, but the same the same weekend, uh, uh, famous Irish actor Richard Harris, Harris, Richard Harris, he died the same weekend. Yeah, so they're televising his funeral on television, mm. and uh, obviously he's a millionaire. Yeah. He's in the same pine box my grandmother's in. Really? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. No big. That's, he was from Limerick. Yes, yes, sure. he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Like he was a great actor. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you, wow, you had to dig the grave and everything. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Now, how many people showed up for the funeral? It's a little town. Mm, yeah, about 20, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then everybody went to the pub and afterwards. Everybody went to the pub. And wow. The, the women went and had their tea in the back room and the men. Uh. <laughs> was that the last time you were back? That was the last time I was back, wow. yeah. yeah. Uh, and I stayed for two weeks. I, oh, after, did you? Yeah, after yeah. my mom got settled down i just i said well i'm here i've been here for a while sure. so I, just, I took yeah. the car and i had rented it for and i just took off and i drove all around i yeah. went to galway limerick uh oh, yeah 
A lot of bars. Yeah, well, sure. That's what's <laughs> it's a great. It's a preview of heaven. That's what I call it. A preview <laughs> of heaven. Uh, now, were you? Oh, but you were still working as a cop, so you came back and went, "Okay, now it's back to Englewood." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. From, yeah. from Mayo to Englewood. <laughs> Whoa, boy. Uh, I went to Mount Carmel, and uh, we used to practice football at Jackson Park, and we'd be walking you know, to walk from Carmel on Dante. Or into Jackson Park, and, and they would come out on their uh, fire escapes and throw stuff at us, you know, as we're walking down the street. And, uh, it was good. Character building. No question about it. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very integrated school, you know. Yes. Um, actually, I sent my sons there. Uh, they were there They were there in the 90s. Most Mount Carmel guys do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now any other, any, uh, what, the pinnacle What's the pinnacle of your long career? You, anything you'd like to tell us about it? Oh. Um, well, I, I, Is there a reason they gave you a lot of heater cases? Did they think, oh, he, he can handle it? You know? Uh, you know, mostly it happens, I mean, they're assigned by where the geographic location. But there, there were a few that I was actually specifically called in to handle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we... I mean, the the thing I take the most pride in, we, I've I handled several uh, police murders where the policemen were shot and killed. Uh, Ooh, Alex boy. Valadez killed in Inglewood and uh, uh, Nate Taylor. Um, I've worked on those, and, I mean, you take great pride in when you Solve catch a guy them. that killed a policeman. Yeah. Um, probably my most interesting case, uh, one of the strangest cases I've ever dealt with, um, it, it was a contract murder. Uh, I won't mention any names, but... If, if I if I tell you about it, people can Google it anyways because it was it was fairly newsworthy at the time. It, uh, she she was a, uh, a fairly high ranking member of Richie Daly's staff, and she was waiting for a bus at Archer and Halstead to go to work. And some guy walked up and shot her in the head and took her purse. Um, and that was a contract killing. Well, at the time we thought it was just a, a straight yeah. out robbery, but yeah. it, it made no sense. And then as we start working it. Um, we get, a, we get information from a guy who says, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is any relevance, he said, but she's going through a nasty divorce with her husband. Oh. And her husband was in this bar the other day talking to this bust out. And I thought they were joking, but he, he was talking about having his wife killed. So okay. I'm like, well, <laughs> that is, that's kind of relevant. Yeah. <laughs> so no, she's dead. Yeah. We start backtracking. And, um, yeah, it turns out we, we, we finally tracked down the guy. Uh, who he had, I probably shouldn't say this, he had been a fireman who had lost his job. He had a lot of issues with yeah. drugs and booze. Um, he had lost his job. He was down on his luck. And uh, so he's, he's our guy. So we go, we hit his house with a search warrant. Um, we can't find the weapon. Uh, uh, we have, we've recovered the, the rounds from her body, so we know what caliber we're looking for. There's no yeah. weapon, but... As right as we're leaving, uh, I noticed that there's a section of the wall that's freshly plastered over. This is in his apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, so we call the landlord and we're like, did you, was there a plumbing problem or something? He goes, I, I have no idea. I didn't do that. So do we have your permission? To, so we tear out that and in there we find her purse. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So now we bring him in and he gives it all up. He, sure. he tells us the husband hired me. Yeah. Told me to kill her. 
Uh, he provided the gun to me. Uh. He gave me the gun. And I said, well, what was with the purse? Well, I, I wanted the purse because I wanted to prove that I did it. Oh, and I'm so like, he could get paid. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, doesn't he read the paper? <laughs> yeah. It's been all over the news. You didn't need to take the purse. <laughs> and that's what sunk his ship. Yeah. This is one of my my former co-workers, Patrick O'Hagan. All right, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we, we, we need to get the guy who hired him, the husband. Yeah. Um, so what did he pay? Because we had well, a, that's yeah. that's okay. the killer of the story. <laughs> so yeah. we 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 put this guy on a wire, and we have him call the husband. Sure. And says, you know, the police just let me go. They got nothing, but you need to give me the rest of the money because I got to get out of town. Yeah. And he he made enough incriminating statements so we had enough to go grab him um so we bring him in uh oh the funny part was funny nothing about this funny but when he did it he he told us he goes i I was so drunk he goes i uh, because we said where did you get rid of the gun and he says i ran down this street and i threw it in a sewer well he couldn't remember if he ran down low or emerald or green yeah uh so for about four days we're down in every sewer from Archer to 31st Street yeah. looking for the gun. And we finally found the gun. You found it. Yes, we found it. And we matched it up with the ballistics from the wow. bullets taken. So then, and, the, and he had, the husband had purchased the gun. There was a legal uh, transaction. Oh, a, tra- a so, trail, yeah. yeah. So we charged him. Um, but at the end, because <laughs> uh, it, it had never come up before, but we finally asked the guy, we said, well, what was he paying you to kill his wife? And he says, well, he was giving me $10,000. And I said, he gave you the $10,000? No, he gave me 50 that night. He gave me the gun. 50 bucks? $50. And I said, and he was going to owe you the $9,900, oh another 50? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. He went out and committed, committed a murder for $50, oh. thinking he was going to get 9950 oh, later. Wow. That was the strangest case I've ever worked on. You know, we had a, a former... Uh, Sheriff's police officer here a couple weeks ago, and he worked a lot of murder for hires. And he said that's the going rate for killing a wife is ten grand. <laughs> Didn't he say that, Billy? He did. Uh, I was like, okay, now we know. Uh, we got this has been great. I got to tell you, you got to come back sometime. All right, Just, we're listening. We're talking to Commander Kevin Duffin. Put in what thirty-five years? Yes, sir. God Almost thirty-six. You. That's just great, and and uh, great stories. Thanks for your service, your bravery. Your you know, your, we salute you, and uh, keep go keep going back to Ireland. We encourage that, and uh, God bless you, Kevin. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. All right, pal. Okay, that was the one and only retired Chicago Police Department Commander Kevin B. Duffin, good friend of the show, and he's one hell of a guy and a great storyteller and. Uh, and I thought everybody would enjoy that, going to the vault. One of the songs that brings to mind, and one of my mottos, actually, in life, film, everything, is this next song by Gaelic Storm uh, that play, also plays in the film uh, In Search of Weeping Jim. I think you'll get a kick out of it, and it's uh, good advice from Gaelic Storm. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Boy, ain't that the truth. <laughs> I'm not saying Duffin did that, but uh, to all my uh, cop pals who tell us stories, uh, keep that in mind when you're, when you're telling a good story. 
Don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story. Okay, so here they are again. Gaelic Storm. Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, 
Call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Hey everybody, this is Charlotte Houlihan. Don't touch that dial. My grandpa will be right back some more Hibernian radio. He said something about seeing a man about a horse. Sounds like I'm actually going to get that pony after all. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News, we've always been green. On the Death Walk of Saloons that decorate Western Avenue, only the Cork and Carry Irish Pub, the soul of Beverly, sits right on a 50-yard line of Chicago's Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade at 106th and Western. Generations of Southside Irish have quenched their thirst in the Cork, snuggling up to memories of family, faith, and fierce loyalty to friends. It's the jewel of this neighborhood where we celebrated weddings, christenings, wakes, and unforgettable victories. Proprietors Bill Guidey and Mike Fitzpatrick, now celebrating 20 years in business, welcome you home for a cold brew to share a good story or help you throw one hell of a party. With over 20 beers on tap and a full bar for your pleasure, this is the spot you can sink a root and get your Irish on. Cork has plenty of seating, from our private event rooms to our 300-person beer garden. Our interior space brings you back to the homeland of Ireland with our vintage photos and authentic Irish decor and Chicago memories of the good old days. So say hello to a stranger, make a new friend, fall in love, or just enjoy the company of people you forgot you knew. The Cork and Kerry continues the Southside tradition parents and grandparents brought here from the old country. Come on by the Cork and Kerry and get some. The Cork and Carry Irish Pub, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, for private parties, just pals hanging out, or intimate cocktail rendezvous. Come on home to the south side of Chicago at the Cork and Carry. Cops and firefighters risk their lives almost every day, so they shouldn't have to risk their hard-earned dough in any get-rich schemes or the blather of old pals in the real estate biz. And good luck trying to figure out the stock market or cryptocurrency or even economics 101 when you come home exhausted at the end of your shift. What you need is somebody you can trust. And they're in short supply these days. Hey, take it from me. I've lost fortunes in showbiz because I thought I was smarter than everybody else and I wound up bankrupt and broke. It took me a long time to decide to find a friend I could trust who had my family's best interests at heart. That friend was my late pal, Joe Madden. I met him as he passed the basket at St. Luke's, and I'd turn my pockets inside out as he came to my pew, and I'd say, I'm tapioca. He laughed, but didn't stop him from supporting my films and showbiz endeavors over the years. Joe Madden had my back. A few years before he died, Joe started Madden Funds with his sons, Mike and Danny. The Maddens and Houlihans have been pals for a long, long time. They can advise the best path for your investments. Madden Funds will have your back, too. Need advice on your 401k or your rollover IRA? You can trust Madden Funds to help you protect and grow your investments now and in your family's future. Go to their website, maddenfunds.com, or call Mike or Dan Madden at 708-848-3200 and tell them who Lee sent you. 
And we are back on Hibernian Radio. Thanks for joining us this week. Just having a blast here. Hey, I want to remind everybody, uh, our friend Kevin O'Shea is producing Irish Rebel Fest coming up uh, on Sunday, February 26th at Gaelic Park uh, to benefit uh, paralyzed uh, Chicago Police Department uh, officer Danny Golden, who was shot in a very unfortunate incident out on the south side. Uh, Danny is from a great police family. So let's all get out there because the Irish Rebel Fest is featuring Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones. So also give you a chance to meet Kevin O'Shea, terrific guy who's jumped in with both feet into the Irish music scene here in Chicago as a empresario. I had the pleasure with my son Patty of meeting him the other night uh, for a couple of beers, a couple of pints, and we had a blast. And if you're interested in going, uh, you can get tickets at Eventbrite or call Kevin at 630-865-7137 for tickets. It's the Irish Rebel Fest for paralyzed Chicago police officer Danny Golden. Sunday, February 26th at 6 p.m. Call 630-865-7137 and ask for Kevin. Also, the Emerald Society of Illinois, our old pals, are having their annual chili cook-off on Monday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. In Chicago at the FOP Lodge, 1412 West Washington Boulevard. Everybody's been there. It's a blast. I'll be uh, on site as a celebrity judge. That means I eat a lot of chili that night, and the next day my poor wife has to clean my underwear. <laughs> All members are encouraged to enter the chili cook-off. There's a three cash prizes awarded. Any chili cook-off participants are asked to bring their chili in a crock pot. Don't bring it in an envelope or anything like that. Bring it in a crock pot. They have a panel of celebrity judges to determine on the top three chili cook-off participants. I did it last year, and they were actually all very good. We're going to also meet the new St. Patrick's Day Parade Queen. She'll be there in attendance right after their contest with music by Finbar Fagan. Uh, the Emerald Society provides crackers, cheese, onions, hot dogs, and fine Irish tableware. Oh, and always cold beverages will be served. The free parking is still available on the Plumber's Local 130 parking lot. And around Washington Street, just east of the FOP, thanks goes out to Jimmy Coyne from Plumber's Union Local 130. And also, <clears throat> they're having a tasting that night of Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Ah, oh, that's lovely stuff. So get there early and get your share of the free whiskey. Tullamore do Irish whiskey, the greatest whiskey in the world. And we'll see you all there later. And now, <clears throat> I even do it when recording. I can't help it, Billy. <clears throat> you know, whenever I'm walking down Western Avenue, I look in the window, Ken's, Wrong's, Hearts, any of those great Irish saloons, I see the ghost of my old pal Jimmy Goff through the mist, and he says to me, And holy, who died? Now, my old pal PJ gave me a couple this week, so of course they're not Irish. <laughs> but he gave me Margaret, Margie Povolish, age 83, a lifelong resident of Lamont. She died on Christmas Eve. Margie worked in the insurance industry for 48 years, retiring in 2004 from the Aon Corporation. She was a Eucharistic minister, which was a great honor and privilege to her, and she was active in various church activities in the church choir. God rest her soul, Margie Povolish.
and Sylvia Fiddler. Sylvia Fiddler. Sylvia, a woman of fierce independence and generosity of spirit. She passed away seven days short of her 102nd birthday. Wow. Everybody knew her, was touched by her true open-hearted interest she always took in their lives. She had been a court reporter, owned her own hosiery store, and then taught for many years in Chicago's public schools. She loved to read about and play the stock market. Probably left a few bucks behind. Her love of Jewish tradition and her curiosity about the world remained with her until her last days. She was the daughter of the late Joseph and Esther Fiddler. God rest her lovely soul, Sylvia Fiddler. And now, for the Irish end of the obits, Kathy, May, Kathy Murphy Vasey, age 55, that's too young, Kathy, proud and longtime employee of UPS, beloved wife of 35 years to Brian Murphy, uh, devoted mother of Brittany and Matthew Murphy, loving daughter of the late Frank and Kathleen Vasey. God rest her lovely soul, and Billy, the wake and the funeral were handled by Sheehy's. All the right people go. And finally, Patrick Kelly, age 94, beloved husband of the late Irene T. Kelly, loving father of Patricia, William, John, and the late Mary Ann. What a great life she lived, 94 years. And once again, she was waked and the funeral services were handled by Sheehy, where all the right people go. Many thanks to PJ and to our friend Bob Sheehy for giving us those obits. Say a prayer for all those folks. And now we'll be right back with a little visit from Town right after these messages from our friends. With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. When your family has suffered a loss, there's one family I know who will be there for you. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes are third-generation, family-owned and operated. The Sheehy family has dedicated their lives serving families throughout Chicago and the southwest suburbs. The Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Home was incorporated in 1913 as a storefront at 76th and Halsted in Chicago. At the time, this was one of the few standalone funeral homes of its kind and was to be the first of many to come bearing the Sheehy name. The founder, Roger Sheehy Sr., was soon joined in business by his three sons, Roger Jr., Jack, and Bob. This trademark of service is evident 98 years later, as Bob and Jim Sheehy, third generation, own and operate two locations in Orland Park and Burbank. At Sheehy's, the name on their sign outside the funeral home means something. For them, it's very important that everyone be treated as if they were family, friend, or neighbor, as they very well could be. 
When my brother Willie died a few years ago, the Sheehys took very good care of our family. And you know, you never forget something like that. Their entire staff cares about each and every family they serve. Every detail is handled in a professional and personal manner. On a daily basis, the directors Bill Kiley, Mike LaRock, and John Sullivan, and the rest of the staff take great pride in their work serving families as if they were their own. Bob Sheehy will tell you, we pride ourselves on offering the highest level of professionalism with every family we serve. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes, here for you since 1913. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News. We've always been green. Hey folks, Charlotte Houlihan here. Did you know that Hibernian Radio is now streaming worldwide on Global Irish Radio? Every Saturday night at 7 p.m. or 1 a.m. in Ireland. Yes, the Irish are always way ahead of us. Check it out at globalirishradio.com or capital G-I-R dot I-E. Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you, this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly Institution at 99th and Western, as well as in Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. You got the best of both worlds. Still owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose mom and dad, Frank and Teresa, bought the Western location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. They opened the doors in Orland at 73 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. You'll recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, whose great times have been celebrated for generations of Chicagoland Irish. Fox's is perfect for the whole family, pickup or delivery, or you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner, whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Foxes in Beverly at 773-239-3212 or in Orland Park at 708-349-2111. They're proud sponsors of Hibernian Radio and all Irish first responders. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Gotta love that Foxes pizza. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, Call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste, recycling, and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. And we are back on Hibernian Radio heading into the home stretch. It's time for a trip to Hooletown. Deep in the south side of Chicago. Get me out of here. So deep, deep, deep. All the way up to 93rd Street. Get me out of here, please. Across the tracks, 
where they only spoke yakky dap. Oh. And the people barely survived on a strict diet of crunchy bunks and bad food. Hey, man, you want another drink? Yes. Huh? Can I get you two? This yeah. This is almost 70 years we're talking. 70 when years? The what? Oh. Something entered his cranium. His cranium? Right. And wormed around his frontal lobes oh. and took him to a state of mind. Mind, yes. mind, mind. Hidden place on the other side of Bunkers. Welcome. <laughs> Crazy, silly, screech. Have a seat. <laughs> Known as Town. <laughs> Welcome to Hooli Town. Don't stay too long, though. How come? Because you might not come back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Hooli Town. Why, thank you. And you're welcome. Okay, I got one joke if we have time for it. A golfer is playing in Ireland, and he hooked his drive into the woods. Looking for his ball, he found a little leprechaun flat on his back, a big bump on his head, and the golfer's ball beside him. Horrified, the golfer got his water bottle from the cart and poured it over the little guy, reviving him. Ah, what happened, the leprechaun asked. I'm afraid I hit you with my golf ball, the golfer says. I see, well, you got me fair and square. You get three wishes, so what do you want? Thank God you're all right, the golfer answers in relief. I I don't want anything. I'm just glad you're okay, and I apologize. And the golfer walks off. What a nice guy, the leprechaun says to himself. I have to do something for him. I'll give him three things I would want. A great golf game, all the money he ever needs, and a fantastic sex life. A year goes by, and the golfer's back. On the same hole, he again hits a bad drive into the woods, and the leprechaun's there waiting for him. Ha <laughs> ha, was me that made you hit the ball here, the little guy says. I just want to ask you, how's your golf game? My game is fantastic, the golfer answers. I'm an internationally famous golfer now. He adds, by the way, it's good to see you're all right. Oh, I'm fine now, thank you. I did that for your golf game, you know. And tell me, how's your money situation? It's just wonderful, the golfer says. When I need cash, I just reach into my pocket and I pull out $100 bills. I didn't even know they were there. I did that for you also, says the leprechaun. And tell me, how's your sex life? The golfer blushes, turns his head away in embarrassment and says shyly, it's okay. Come on, come on now, urged the leprechaun. I'm wanting to know if I did a good job. How many times a week? Blushing even more, the golfer looks around and whispers, Once, maybe twice a week. What? responds the leprechaun in shock. That's all? Only once or twice a week? Well, says the golfer, I figure that's not bad for a Catholic priest in a small parish. <laughs> Ribshot. Thank you, Billy. All right, we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you all, and we'll see you later. Bye. Well, I look down the road and I wondered. Yes, I wondered. Oh, Lord, I wondered. Shoes.